As I look at my life and I think about all that it's held, I've realized that I've had a lot of different seasons in my life. I've had seasons where life is slow and sluggish and it feels like I'm never going to move past where I am. And then there are others that are bold and bright and busy and they just fly by. And when I think about the different seasons in my life, I think about a lot of different things, what age I was, um, what big life events were going on at the time, how my illness was impacting me. And they're all so drastically different, which really surprises me because I would think that there would be some repetition, but it just doesn't feel that way. Having just a full schedule made me feel so full and accomplished and successful. But where do you go from there when you don't have that busy, full schedule anymore? Is life over? Do you not matter as much? Are you less than? Well, these are all the things that we're going to dive into today. Hey friends, I'm Cassie. And I'm a married Spoonie who lives the chronic illness life. Here each week, I'll challenge you to live intentionally and authentically, where every spoon you use has a purpose and every step you take matters. Welcome to Chronically Cultivating. I don't know about you, but my life, when I think about all the different seasons that I've had, I think that I almost mark them by how my health is doing, but more specifically, my life has one big defining point, which is when I got diagnosed. And better yet, I guess, in a lot of ways, it's when I started experiencing symptoms. It's kind of a before diagnosis and after diagnosis life I have just come to use as my marker for things. And you know, before I was diagnosed or really experiencing symptoms of any kind, life was great. I mean, I was just living a very normal life. Um, At the time, I was in a small Christian school and dancing. I was on the worship team, you know, just all those kind of things. Just living my life, doing what I got to do. It was great. And then for me, it was January 29th was the first day that I started experiencing really big symptoms. I had no idea that this was the start of a whole new life, that everything that I thought I knew about myself would change. I mean, I had started experiencing symptoms about two years before this defining point in 2010, but it was nothing compared to what happened when I was diagnosed and everything started with a diagnosis for CRPS. We had no idea that the real reason I had that was because of Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome and all the other things that were going to come with it. I mean, I was told that I would be on crutches for a couple days and that I would be fine. And my entire life changed. That's insane when you think about it, that overnight your life could completely change. But it can. Before diagnosis, you know, I, I didn't, I guess, treasure all the little things and all of the conveniences of an abled body because I never thought I would lose them. Even after diagnosis, 
I really was doing all right. After about two years of dealing with the CRPS, I got it pretty much under remission very well. And I was living a packed, planned, overbooked life. Let me explain. My senior year was when I was pre-professionally training, and this was an average day for me. I would wake up at five in the morning. I would have that hour to stretch and have my quiet time with God. Then at around six-ish, I would take a quick pre-workout snack and my coach would pick me up and we were off to the gym. We would swim and alternate every other day with um, weights. And then that would take about two, three hours. I would go back to my coach's house with her. I would make myself a protein-packed meal. Then I would do some schoolwork. I would have a two-hour private, then about two, three hours of classes, and then I would teach two to three hours a night, go home, take a shower, throw my clothes in the wash, and eat and go to bed. That was my whole life. I was in bed by 10.30 and then up at 5, and I did that the entire year, and I was so happy. I am not complaining about this schedule. I don't want you to take it that way. I loved it. I enjoyed everything about it. I was truly living what I knew as my best life. That full schedule made me feel so successful and important in a way. I was not prepared for that to change. I quickly settled into college life after, and my life was pretty much in that way the same. I was preparing for auditions in New York. I was a part of the dance program at the college that I was at, and I was in my classes full-time. I increased my teaching at the studio, and then I was keeping up with my own training. It was nuts, but I was not prepared for everything to change. Now, there's a lot of ins and outs and ups and downs that I've been through, and yes, 2014 was so hard, and I'll get to that in a little bit, but lately, the biggest change for me was in 2017. I hadn't been doing great, but I was doing well enough, but once my hip dislocated, everything changed. This wasn't as easy as a shoulder or a kneecap or fingers or toes or even ankles. This was a whole other ball game. I was so not prepared for that to happen. And believe it or not, my first hip dislocation happened when I was just getting out of bed. Most people are like imagining that I had this crazy accident or I was doing some trick or lift or something. Nope. I simply had my feet dangling off the bed um, because, you know, it's a little higher off the ground. And as I went to put both feet on the ground and stand up, my femur just slipped out of the socket. It dropped out. I didn't even know what to do. I had no idea. It was just, it was hard. I stumble over finding the words for that because there's really no way for me to give one word to identify what losing my independence meant. I went from owning my own business and teaching and doing all these things after overcoming so much from the horrible seasons I had been in. And I was finally on the up. Life was on my side for once. And then out of nowhere, everything changed. 
you know, it's hard to find purpose when you feel purposeless. When everything that you thought was your purpose suddenly doesn't matter because it's not a part of your life anymore. It's just something that you think of as a memory. And transitioning to understanding that my body is my full-time job is hard. It's rough. It's unlike anything I've ever experienced before. And, you know, I didn't see the opportunities to grow in what had happened to me, you know, bloom where I've been planted. I didn't see any of that. I didn't see it because I didn't want to look different. If I chose to bloom where I was planted, I would be doing that a little bit differently than everybody else and other able-bodied people. And I didn't want to be different. I wanted to be just like everybody else in the thick of it going through life. And I fought that new normal. Oh, did I fight it hard. I had an able-bodied mindset in a disabled body. And let me tell you, things did not go well for a long time. Every time that I fought that new normal, life got harder, harder than it needed to be. You know, I didn't know what to do or how to do it best. So I simply didn't do anything. Not only did I lose my full schedule, which made me feel full, I lost the art of simply living. I didn't feel like I had a purpose. I didn't want my purpose to be taking care of my body. What kind of a purpose is that? Those were the things that were weighing on my heart and even some days still do. You know, our schedules dictate our lives, many of us, whether it's our schedules, our spouse's schedule, our church's schedule, our kids' schedules, whatever it is, schedules tend to run our life if we let them. What do you do now when your schedule that had been dictating your life and giving you meaning is flipped on its head and shaken up and spit back out with only a couple pieces? And you just don't know what to do. And my schedule was still full. I mean, it just became full of different things that didn't bring me joy, like doctor's appointments and testing and procedures, all sorts of things I didn't want to do. I didn't want to rest. How on earth is that filling my time, you know, successfully? All these things just took over my mindset. When I looked around, at what I can have and do where I'm at, there's not a lot. But here's the truth that I came to discover a little bit over a year ago. You don't need a full schedule to live a full life. Even if that new normal is you taking care of your body as your full-time job does not mean that God has thrown away his plan for you. You do not become purposeless. But if you are feeling that way, I get it. I completely understand. As I was getting ready to talk about this with you today, I started thinking about what is my purpose right now? How have I defined that? How has it changed? I think right now my purpose is to grow in God's faithfulness. That's kind of been a theme over this past year for me. My word of the year, as I've probably mentioned at some point, is bloom for bloom where you're planted. And I'll tell you much more about that over the course of us getting to know one another. Growing in God's faithfulness is hard. It requires a lot of waiting. It requires spending a lot of time with him and loving and appreciating the things that he has given us. 
and trying not to focus on the things he hasn't allowed you to have. You know, this truth just started coming through for me. And I realized that I can live a full life right now, right where I'm at, even with this broken body that I wish I could return. You know, all of these things have shifted my mindset, but it has taken years to get to this point. And yeah, it's hard. Even today, I'm recovering from a big night that Jared and I had, and we went out and we went to dinner and just all these other things that just took so much out of me, like getting ready for dinner, doing my hair, my makeup, all those things. And we got out to eat and Jared was like, this is really nice. And he's like, but I know that you're going to have to pay for it tomorrow. And I was like, yep. But you know what? We're just going to enjoy this moment and make this memory. And as I sit here today, recovering from last night, I think about what can I still do? What can I do that's going to make a difference? It's going to matter. That's going to be something that I look back on when I'm 80. When I look at what I can still do, I find that I can still love my friends and my family and my husband. I can cultivate meaningful and fruitful friendships. I can connect with you and the rest of the chronic illness community, and I can make an impact. You know, because here's the thing about God. God does not flourish in just all the big, bright things. He also thrives in all the little things. There is nothing that is too small for him. So today I am going to just be on the couch. I'm going to do my devotionals. I'm going to look out my bay window. I'm going to cuddle with Foxy, my dog, and I'm going to do all my meds and all things and infusions and do my best to take care of this body. And you know what? I can still glorify him in that. Every time that I take care of my body to the best of my abilities, I am honoring Jesus because God gave us these bodies. He wants us to treat them like a temple. If I don't take care of my body, able-bodied, disabled body, not, like it does not matter. He has called us to take care of what he has given us. And one of those things he has given us is our bodies. And we need to do our best to take care of them So every time that I take a medication, every time that I energy budget, every single time that I hook up to an infusion, I am glorifying God because I'm taking care of what he's given me. And what he's given me needs a lot of help. And you know what? That's okay. I want to share a secret with you. I am not positive all the time. You know, you may hear from me when I've had time to think and reflect and work through the struggles that I've faced, but there has been so much bitterness, emptiness, brokenness that has been a part of my journey. Trust me, it's there. Some days it shows up and I need to just cry it out, whether that's with my husband or I call my mentor or I call one of my family members and I just need to vent about everything. It's a real part of life. So If you're dealing with that bitterness of your diagnosis, I want you to know that you are allowed to be right where you are right now. I mean, even in Ecclesiastes 3, God talks about how there's a time for everything, a time to mourn and a time to rejoice. And you are allowed to grieve having your life taken away. The life that you had before diagnosis 
you probably had a full schedule, a full life. You had so much going on. And now looking at your life, you may feel like there's no purpose. There's no hope. There's no point in trying to move forward. I want to welcome you into this space. This space is a sacred space. When we talk to God about our grief, he mourns with us. And we live in a fallen world. There is sin, there is hurt, there is illness. And that was never how he intended it. He is going to grieve with you. He is going to walk through this process with you. And I'm going to walk through this process with you too. Because it's not easy. And it's isolating. And it's hard to understand, right? And you know what? We may not ever fully understand why. But we can choose to move forward. I think about a puzzle. That was what was coming to mind as I'm talking with you right now. I think about that puzzle piece. And if I'm going to start a puzzle, I like to do the corners first because it gives me an outline. I also like looking at the box. I like seeing the full picture. But what happens when God gives you not just a puzzle piece, but he gives you one of the middle pieces? You feel so lost and angry almost. And at times even hurt that he would only share this little bit with you that you can't see what's going to grow from it. You don't know where to start. You want to question, why me, God? Why did you give me a middle puzzle piece? Why can't I see the whole picture and see the beauty that's going to come out of this? Why can't I see edges or a glimpse of hope? Once we start praying like that, and we offer our fears of doubt to God, we start to adjust to a new normal. We start to learn what our bodies need, how to take care of them, and we get into a good routine. Now, this could take anywhere from, for some people, a month to someone else 10 years. There's no timeline on this. Honestly, I adjust to my new normal every day. One of my prayers is that I would learn how to maintain my body. And I say that every day. And I know I've talked about that, but I say it again because every day there's something different. There's a new piece to the puzzle, good or bad, it's there. And I have to deal with it. And then here's what comes after that you start to thrive in it, you start to bloom where you're planted, even in a broken body that sucks and that you wish you could return. You know, when I think about that puzzle piece, when we get the middle, we tend to lose hope. So I want to share this verse that came to mind, which is in 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. It says, therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. Yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. I feel like God is directly speaking to you and I in this passage. Outwardly, our bodies are wasting away. They're failing us. They require so much care and time and energy and money. But inwardly, if we allow God to, he will renew us day by day. You know, he designed a full life for all of us, even those of us with a broken body. I think what happens when we try to define what our full life is, and we try to 
see what God has designed for us, we can't help but look at other people, right? We look at other people for the good or the bad. We start comparing and comparison is truly the thief of joy. You know, what can happen maybe is I'm on social media and I see someone else with the same chronic illness I have and they're doing really great or they're just doing simply better than I can or they can do things that I can't do. And I start to become jealous. I look at people that are my age and the accomplishments they've made and the things that I haven't been able to do that they've gotten to experience. And then the other thing, and I think this is the most important thing, when I compare myself, my worst comparisons come from comparing myself to who I was before my diagnosis. There are tons of times that I look back on life and I'm like, oh, remember when I used to be able to do this? Man, that was so much better than what it's like now. I compare my planner because I've been using the same planner for about four and a half years now. And if I were to look back at one of my planners from the end of high school, or not high school, college, that would be way too far back um, from college, it would be full. And now it's not. But my friends, what I need you to know is that if we are going to live the full life that God designed for us, in even in our broken bodies, our full life does not include comparison. It has no room for it. We need to focus on what we have, what we have been given, what we have been entrusted with. And the moment that we take our eyes off of that, we have a lesser life. You know, there is so much that we can do with this life still by loving people well, celebrating small victories, and then rejoicing over the big ones. We can make an impact on this world and we can move mountains from a hospital bed. And when you and I decide, to make the most of what we've got, no matter how long that takes. Because remember, there is no timeline for this. You need to just go through this process and allow your heart to grieve and let go of everything that you once thought your life would be before you can start living this way. And I encourage you to be bold and confidently take the time to grieve and process those losses. But when we make the most of things, what matters is that we are living a full life. But we have to be realistic about our goals. We have to be. We cannot set goals like an able-bodied person. It is not possible. When we make goals, we need to budget our energy well. And we also need to choose grace over guilt. There are times I'm writing in my planner and things don't always get done. Whether it's because I didn't have enough time, more often than not because my body needed to rest, I need to say, all right, it is okay that I didn't get XYZ done. I'm going to give myself and my body grace because it's doing the best that it can. And you want to know why I know it's doing the best that it can? Because I am doing everything in my power to take care of my body as best as I can. Some days my best is staying upstairs in bed all day. Sometimes my best is appreciating my succulents and staring at them from the couch. In other days, I'm going out and I'm doing things and I'm being active and social. Me doing my best can be found in many different ways. It does not always have to be like everybody else. So I encourage you today to choose grace over guilt. If you're looking at your planner, or maybe you even stopped using planners because it's just too much and it just hurts so deeply. 
When you make your to-do list, whether that's mental, physical, on your phone, in your planner, I want you to give yourself grace when you cannot accomplish the task that you were hoping to that day. I want you to remember that God's grace is sufficient for us. His power is made perfect in our weaknesses. I mean, I didn't get everything done that I needed to before this podcast launched, and it was a little longer than we thought it would be before this came out, but I gave myself grace and I said, you know what, instead of choosing to feel guilty and upset, I'm going to just roll with it because this is my body that I've been given and I'm going to do the best I can with what I've got. This broken body is what I've got. You know, things that are going to help you accomplish this and work on living a full life with all that you have is by finding hobbies that are helpful to you. I'm right now working on hand lettering, and that's something that I do on the couch, but also don't be so rigorous with your hobbies that, you know, you get upset when you can't work on them because your body says no. We want to try to not place too many high expectations on everything, which is so hard to do if you're a type A perfectionist achiever like me. So there are a lot of things now that I don't put timelines on or I give myself like three, four weeks to complete a longer, bigger task. Something else that can help is a routine. At some point, I will share my routine with you guys if you want to hear it. But having a routine, even if it's like three things, just having any kind of routine is helpful. It makes you feel more productive and it gives you some nice, steady consistency. I encourage you to try using a planner again and allow it to give you grace and freedom rather than pain and hurt, but also know where your limits are. And if your limits are that this is going to hurt too much, then find another way, my friend, because you will. So I want you to remember, you don't need a full schedule to live a full life. It may seem that way right now, and I'm deeply sorry that you're experiencing that hardship. I know that even though I'm I'd like to think I'm over it and I've dealt with it for long enough. There are still days that it creeps into my heart that life is not how it used to be. I wish I could change that, but I can't. So I'm going to do what I can with what I've got right here in this present moment. I am going to live a full life and nobody can stop me. And just so you know, once you decide to do that, however long it takes, you are going to be unstoppable too. With Mick Delivery, get your favorites like a juicy quarter pounder, golden fries, and crispy chicken McNuggets. Ordering is easy. Choosing what you'll eat first, not as easy. Every day at McDonald's, share a classic Big Mac pack with two Big Mac sandwiches, two medium fries, and a 20-piece chicken McNuggets. Get it with Mick Delivery or mobile order and pay. Price and participation may vary. Delivery prices may be higher than at restaurants. Delivery fee, service fee, and or small order fee may apply. Get it contactless with Mick Delivery. When you're a pro, you got to do a little bit of everything. A little. A little. And even a little. And it helps to have something that works as hard as you do. That's why Valspar has a paint for every job, every room, every time. Valspar. You make it happen, we make it possible. Pros, head to Lowe's today and talk to a pro rep about getting up to 10 free gallons of Valspar through our paint trial program. Exclusions apply. See ValsparPro.com for details.